Latino Rebels Radio, Latino Rebels Radio, Julio Ricardo Varela here. It is Thursday, December 10th, the 10th of December, 2020, and you're listening to us on Audio Boom, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so here we are, another show. We're trying to drop them on Thursdays, which is something that um, we, we changed it up, but I have a producer now in Harsha Nahata, which I'm very excited about. Before we start the show, we get support from sponsors to keep the show going. And here's the latest message from one of our sponsors. You probably don't feel like sitting in a waiting room right now, right? Don't worry, Planned Parenthood's got you covered. As a leader in using new technologies to provide high quality healthcare in ways that fit your life. Through Planned Parenthood's virtual appointments, you can get high quality, affordable care your way by phone or video. Trusted providers, they're going to listen, they're going to give information and support you in all your healthcare decisions. Planned Parenthood's telehealth appointments are high quality, affordable, and private, just like in person visits. Whether you need help with birth control, a prescription refill, or other sexual or reproductive care services, skip the waiting room and get the care you need when you need it. Planned Parenthood takes the stress out of healthcare and is ready when you are. So check out PlannedParenthood.org/rebels to learn more and book a virtual appointment. That's PlannedParenthood.org/rebels. Okay, so. I really wanted to talk about what's been going on in Central America because when you follow the news of what's recently happened with two hurricanes that have hit the region, you don't really get a lot of information. And I mean, like, in terms of, like, the national conversation. And I just felt, you know, talking to the team at Latino Rebels because we have published some pieces and just following what's going on on Twitter, you know, Hurricane Iota and then Hurricane like they've displaced so many there's so much happening that i don't think a lot of people are seeing so just to give you a couple of both those hurricanes have affected more than five million people and this is what the new york times reported earlier this month and at least 1.5 million of them are children so now we have this new class of refugees climate refugees and I don't really think that it's in the American consciousness because obviously there's a lot of focus on coronavirus and everything that's going on. And my first guest, we're going to have two guests, but my first guest is from the Boogie Down Bronx. We have Saricia Fennell. Hey, Saricia. Welcome to Latino Rolls Radio. Do you want to introduce yourself and to say what you do and why this story matters to you so much? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Julio. So, you know, I, I'm from the Bronx, Sericia. We have a huge Latino population here. So I'm really excited to chat about what's going on in, you know, Honduras and Central America. I am the founder of the Bronx's Reading and the Bronx Book Festival, as well as Honduran Garifuna writers. And I'm also a publicist in the book publishing industry and also a writer. So I wear many hats. There you go. <laughs> So, Saricia, tell me, like, what got you involved in what you've seen, especially with the Garifuna community, which is a very, it's a very rich community in the Bronx. And what got you involved in paying attention to this, what's going on in Central America? Because me as a Puerto Rican, you know, I feel like we have, like, the hurricane 
stamp ever since Maria and Irma. Right. And I felt like everyone was talking about Puerto Rico. And then I was kind of like, why is nobody talking about Central America and Honduras and Guatemala and, and Salvador that just happened about a month ago? So what exactly what are you doing specifically? And share some of that, because I think it's important. Absolutely. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff happening here in the U.S., right? Like we were right up against the election when all of the stuff was breaking about the category four storms and the hurricane and everything. And so I understand that a lot of folks' attention was really pulled towards that, right? And so I'm, I don't want to like discount that because that was super important for us. Right. But at the same time, to your point, when all of these other you know countries were being hit with hurricanes, I feel like so many people rallied together talk about the Puerto Rican community like, you know, fantastic right. community right there and how everyone came together and obviously non-Latinos also wanted to like contribute and donate. And so I'm sitting here grappling with everything happening with the election and then, of course, more terrible news coming, you know, about Honduras and Central America with these hurricanes. And I was just so upset. And so I shut down and became silent and just sort of like, was watching the media, was watching what was happening on social media. And I was like, no one is talking about this. So I got really upset, right? And I have, you know, many Garifuna influencers and entrepreneurs that I know. And so I reached out to them and I was just like, hey, like, have you seen anything? Like, what is happening? Do you know of any organizations that are doing fundraising like are we doing fundraising like what should we be doing mm -hmm. and of course we're like starting a text chain and an email chain and we're all working together being like yeah what is happening and then what we saw right away was a lot of gofundme pages went up mm -hmm. just by individuals it wasn't really by any credited organizations and i don't know how much people know about Honduras and the government there, but it's not the greatest. And so, of course, you know, we're like, we want to give, but like it needs to be vetted, right? All of these political things that are happening in Honduras and, you know, back home. And we're like, well, we want to make sure that the money gets to the people that need it. And so in addition to, you know, just... Hondurans, the indigenous population there is treated terribly. You know, in particularly, Garifuna people are treated terribly. You know, these folks are the victims of gentrification. Anti-blackness, racism. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, this group of folks, so we pulled together and we decided to found Give Back Garifuna which was spearheaded by Siria Alvarez. She's the founder of the Garifuna Market in partnership with founders of other Garifuna-led brands like myself with the Bronx's Reading and the Honduran Garifuna Writers, Janelle Martinez of Ain't I Latina. Fabulous. I love her. Yeah, she's amazing. She's also from the Boogie Down Bronx. Um, I know. <laughs> Ilbert Sanchez of, you know, Garcon Couture, Nina Martinez of Garifuna Entrepreneurs and Talents. I mean, there were just so many of us that pulled together and we were like, we want to raise money and make sure that it gets into the hands of not just Black Hondurans, but specifically the Garifuna population in Honduras. Talk to me about, like, what is it that people need and what are you doing to help them? Absolutely. Right now, you know, there's a global pandemic still happening. So they're in need of masks. 
if folks want to donate, they can get in touch with us. We're looking for masks, um, food, money, clothing, medicine, hygiene products, baby items. And we're partnering with a Garifuna hospital in Honduras. So this is a trusted site where Garifuna go, you know, and where we can make sure that it's not going to be, you know, entangled with the government there. So we have a direct source, which is really important to us because we want to make sure that, you know, these things are getting to the people that need it. And I'm sure you've, when everything was happening with Puerto Rico, there were all of yeah. these like things that were happening with where are the funds going? How are these donations exactly. being distributed? So that was something that was really important for us to make sure we had a vetted place. And I want to make sure you shout out the link before we wrap this up, but this is vetted. This is like community to community helping each other. This is not a government fund. This is not going to pay someone in the back pocket. So if someone wanted to give, right, yep. they'd feel good about trying to help here, right? Exactly. Exactly. And the link where they can give, you can visit givebackgarifuna.org backslash Unidos. So there you go. Really simple straightforward we'll link to it in the show notes i was gonna say you could even like go on social and type give back garifuna because we're on twitter and instagram so you'll be able to find us and you guys are super active but let me ask you this one last question why are communities like the garifuna impacted more by climate change is it because of their place in Honduran society or how they, like you kind of mentioned it before. Yeah, yeah. But why are they more vulnerable in your eyes? And why is this such a tragedy that needs to get addressed? Oh, man. I mean, there's just always a tragic history, especially um, with Garifuna folks. So most of the villages, right, are near the water. So like La Ceiba, for example, is where my mom is from, and that's right near the water. So that was just completely demolished. You can Google videos of La Ceiba, and you just see the water. You see people, you know, on roofs trying to, like, find their way out. Yeah. But it's basically everything you said. It's anti-Blackness, right? It's them not having power yeah. and struggling to hold on to these things that we have in the homeland and just, you know. Yeah. Governments are corrupt, you know, like this mm. is nothing new. And we all know how for most countries like Honduras and other Central American countries, tourism is really big. And so you have all of these big, you know, big box companies coming in wanting to purchase land or these hotels wanting to put up resorts and stuff like that. And so the people that are displaced and that are getting their land taken away are usually the indigenous group. Yeah. And so that's just, you know, the plain truth, it sucks. This has been decades of things that have been happening. And most of the Garifuna activists, you know, they receive death threats. A lot of them have to wow. sort of like be taken out of the country on the low because, you know, government, militia, like people are coming after them and attacking them. It's wildly insane. Cericia, thank you so much. This whole diaspora home country connection and you're doing exactly what you should be doing. And I'm really, really happy that you, you said yes to come on because I do think our listeners, if they did want to help because they have been asking questions, they should be helping you. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you so much for being on. Thanks again for being on Latino Rebels Radio. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. So I also have another guest who writes for the Miami Herald and her name is Jimena Tabel and she's in Miami. Hey, Jimena, how are you? Hi, nice to meet you, Julio. Glad to be here. So listen, I wanted to bring you on because you've been covering what's been happening in Central America. 
as a journalist, you know, and I think it's one of those stories that has been completely missed in the last, you know, month. What is being missed? Like, what is happening now? Can you just give an update before we kind of talk about why Central America continues to get ignored in the American psyche? Yeah, for sure. Um, So basically what happened was November was a very rough month for the Central America region and the Central America Caribbean region as well, which sometimes is viewed as as separate um, because it's like Northern Colombia technically. And the reason why is because, um, you know, as, as many people have heard now, two major hurricanes pummeled through the area. The first one, Eta, made landfall on November 3rd in northeastern Nicaragua. And then Iota made landfall on November 16, 13 days later. And, you know, they were both either Category 4, Cayenne Category 4, or Category 5, which is, you know, massive destruction. And, yeah, it, it basically unleashed a massive humanitarian crises in the area and the area is still recovering from everything that happened as of december 10th where are we right now what can you share about what are the needs has there been more attention because i mean you know i'm i'm puerto rican (laughs) right so when irma and maria showed up in 2017 it felt like felt like puerto rico was like the center of the universe of the news universe in a lot of ways but why What are the needs happening there? Because I feel like no one is thinking about what's happening there. Yeah, Julio, I mean, you bring up an excellent point. Honestly, I've been covering this for a while now. I'm Honduran. I grew up there. You know, I have a lot of sources on the ground, and I've been talking to whether that's like Red Cross volunteers or people from the Pan American um, Health Organization, you know, just a a bunch of different humanitarian organizations. And, And they all say the same thing, right? Unfortunately, this happened on the same exact day, that Tuesday, that all of the Minds in the United States were focused on the election season. And so a lot of people, you know, either turned a blind eye or just didn't really pay a lot of attention. So they're still, as of right now, December 10th, they're still asking for fundraising. They're still, you know, in need of a lot of supplies and in need of a lot of money and just charity and help, everything they can get because of, you know, that unfortunate timeline. But also just the general idea that, right, that not a lot of people pay much attention to Central America often. You know, it's in the news if it's like, you know, immigration, like people coming here and stuff like that, but not, you know, as much as it should be, if that makes sense. Oh, no, it makes complete sense. And I think there's something you talk about just climate change, right? And climate refugees and how it's really part of our hemisphere and we're not making those connections. You would think like an issue like climate change and seeing what just happened would get more attention. I mean, talk to me a little bit more about how climate change has impacted the region as well. And and these are just two of the latest examples, no? Right, yeah, for sure. So this is actually, this was a record-breaking occurrence, um, these two hurricanes. Usually, you know, this late in the hurricane season, which runs from June to November, you don't see storms this strong in the Atlantic Basin. Um, and actually, a meteorologist at the National Hurricane Center told me that IOTA was the strongest hurricane to hit that late in the season ever wow (laughs) yeah so it's um it's definitely record-breaking it's definitely historic and you know it's definitely a direct impact of the climate change happening right i mean it's hard you know it's hard to look at this and and not point at at how did this happen because you know more than 200 people have died and they're still looking at how many people have died and you know everything because some places are still incommunicado you know bridges fell highways were destroyed 
afraid some areas are still flooded because even after Yoda, rains kept coming. So it was hard to really, you know, reach out to everyone in the area and they're still measuring all the damage, right? And, but it is important to sort of look back and say, okay, you know, like, why did this happen? And a lot of people have pointed out the fact that, you know, it's not only climate change, it's not only that climate change is happening, particularly people in Central America would tell you, well, it's mostly the rich people who could do more to stop climate change if they're not doing enough. And the, the sort of these poorer countries end up paying the consequences, right? But it's also the fact that they're not as prepared as they should be and as we should all be, right? Mm-hmm. Having evacuation systems in place and learning about why it's important to not build like, you know, your house right at the edge of the river and, you know, all these important directions that we're, we're simply not paying enough attention right now. Talk to me personally as someone who was from Honduras and has moved, you could take your experience and match it to my experience or my Puerto Rican journalist colleagues' experience who cover Puerto Rico. Hmm. And kind of going back to my original point here, I feel like Puerto Rico has reached a consciousness in the American news space and that Central America is so behind in a lot of ways because it's always, oh, there's a caravan, right? It's like, let's report the caravan. but Right. And missing sort of the interconnectedness of American policy and history. And, you know, we can go centuries about this. Right. But you, as someone from Honduras who's a journalist writing for, I think, one of the greatest Latin American newspapers in the world, the Miami Herald, that has done great work on Central America— How do you begin to change that American consciousness, that American news consumer? You know, how do journalists like myself, how do we become your allies? I'm having this conversation because I want to learn from this as well. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's sort of like a continuing conversation, right? I think it's going to take some time for us to really view the region differently. It's even hard to get people in Miami, which is sort of like this metropolis of... Good point of like every culture in Latin America here to to really pay attention and dedicate resources to this crisis. So, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to get people from other areas in the country Mm. to realize, right, our impact as like the United States and, you know, how both areas interact. So I guess I don't have a specific answer for that. I do think it's an important conversation to be had because, you know, it's easy for the news cycle to turn around. I mean, you see these articles, right, and news stations covering it right as it hit, right? Everyone's like, oh, you know, Iota, the strongest storm ever recorded this late in the year, you know, just crashed into Central America. And, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, like there's a small island in Colombia that was 98% destroyed, right? And, And people are reporting this right, that week but then you know we're a month from then and a lot of people just forgot and it's important to keep reminding people that it's still happening you know like the hunger crisis that has been unleashed because of those hurricanes which you know this is already a problematic thing an issue in the area because of um you know the pandemic and all the economic crisis it's just become worse right and sometimes i think it's easy to say well you know only 200 people died or or, you know we moved on or something like that but like no you know there's still people struggling like this is still happening and reminding people that that's still happening and that you can help i think is important and i think it it helps move that conversation forward Jimena Tabel, thank you for all the work that you're doing. I mean, I've learned a lot from your reporting. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I just appreciate you being on the show and stay in touch because Central America is a region that we want to keep paying attention to and having those conversations that you say, it's like there's still so much work to be done. And But thank you again for shining a light on this. 
No, thank you guys for allowing me to come on and talk about this. And, you know, really, I will take any opportunity to talk about my country and my home and, and everything that's needed. So I really do appreciate it. All right. You're on our guest list. So I've already told my <laughs> producer, Harshad. So thanks again. Love it. Thank you. I just want to thank Jimena and Saricia for being on, having this conversation. It's something I've been wanting to do for the last month, and um, I'm really glad we did it. We'll share some of the links of their work in the show notes, and if you are interested in giving, we'll share that as well. This episode was produced by Harsha Nahata, and as we continue the new Harsha Nahata reign of Latino Rebels Radio, I'm already excited after week two. And uh, if you like what you heard, all you got to do is rate, review us, tweet at Latino Rebels, tweet at me, Julito77. We'd love to hear from you. And we will be back next week with another show. We're not going to tell you what it's about yet, but let's just say it might be about, yeah, it'll be about Selena. (laughs) We're going to talk about Selena. And then we have some other shows from the Latino Media Collective as we end the year. And so uh, just... Stick with us. It's been a great year. And like we always do, we always close out with La Plebe en Venas Abiertas, Julio Ricardo Varela, Latino Rebels Radio. We out of here. No pueden más